Welcome to the Off the Fritz podcast, honest conversations that explore life with intention. Our podcast is a collection of honest stories and conversations with people who have learned and are continuing to learn to live with direction and intention, even when life gets crazy. Our hope is that this podcast will inspire you and provide you the tools to start living with more intention and a sense of possibility and purpose. Hey everybody, welcome to our conversation with Christine Platt. I need to be honest, this was definitely one of my favorite conversations that we had on the podcast. It was fantastic, yeah. It was awesome. I met Christine through Instagram. Um, I'm a big fan of hers and just admire the work that she's doing. She is such an educated, um, honestly inspiring woman. I'm just gonna read her bio because I would never be able to capture all of this. So Christine Platt is a modern day Renaissance woman who is known as the Afro-minimalist. She holds a BA in Africana Studies MA in African American Studies and a JD in General Law, an award-winning author of over two dozen literary works. Christine's most recent book, The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less, is a radical re-envisioning of minimalism that focuses on authenticity over aesthetics, a resource for anyone seeking to discover the truth behind their overconsumption, as well as how to let go of what no longer serves them. And Christine is one of the warmest, welcoming, Talking to her is like a hug. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was awesome because like she's obviously super, super smart. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like known, she's like famous, and she's also super nice and just mm-hmm. easy to talk with and like fun to talk with and like profound in moments. And I, I mean, I love the conversation. I love how she was trying to keep us on task. Yeah. And how we're like, no, don't, don't, don't. Let's just talk about what you want to talk about. And I mean, she mentioned after the fact how it's like, giving interviews all the time and they seem to be the same, but like just being allowed to talk about what you're passionate about mm-hmm. um, kind of allows for something new and different. And so maybe mm-hmm. if you've if you've heard her uh, in a conversation or interviewed before, like maybe this one will be a little bit different to you because you probably haven't heard her talk about what she kind of wanted to touch on today and what we yeah. ended up touching on. And so I think that's kind of fun to get into a, just a different side of a person who has a public persona. Totally. Um, and yeah, she was wonderful. Was so our fun. conversation starts with you know, a real good deep dive into minimalism, but where it landed is that Christine um, is now an empty nester. Nala is off to university at Penn State and she tells us the journey and the story of becoming an empty nester. And it was just, she had so much rich wisdom and advice to give Kev and I who are in the thick of raising Mm -hmm. four monkeys. And so it was just, for us, it's an episode that I will listen. I gleaned a lot of information from it and wisdom. So thanks, Christine. Yeah. We all got a little bit smarter after that conversation. So that's nice too. So. Yeah. So enjoy. Anyway, here we go. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining us yeah. and being willing to be a guest on our podcast. Um, you are someone that I, well, I met on Instagram and I just had this immediate connection with the authenticity and the genuineness of your Instagram page. And thank you're you. just incredibly beautiful and you have this light that oh, just pours you. out of you. <laughs> and I, I came into Instagram and your journey where um, you were getting ready. Um, your daughter was about to leave off for college. And so I'm watching this mom go through this transition and you had written a book, but it wasn't, um, released yet so I'm yeah. watching the, the anticipation of this book and and just yeah really just getting into your story and honestly like I felt like it would I would tell Kev like Kev I just feel like my friend Christine I know <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it's funny yeah. how same same <laughs> no same yeah it was such a wild time and I think you know a lot of people have like media and I really think it's like finding your right little community like I love it I've met so many 
amazing folks, especially in the minimalist tiny home community. And I remember coming across, I think I came across you guys because it was a domino feature, like a domino mag feature. Um, and I just remember being like, look at this, El was it domino? You it was guys well. were- It well. Well. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, all of, they like all start to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Domino. Sorry, Dwell. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I remember coming across um, you know this feature and being like, this is the most elegant tiny home I have ever seen. And I went to follow you all, and I'm just like scrolling and liking, scrolling and liking. And then you know when you have that moment where you're like, I am going to look absolutely insane let me just stop liking everything <laughs> um but it was just so beautiful and i was i just remember being like wow like what a beautiful family what a beautiful company that i mean you could just see the love and you know just connection that you have with making these tiny homes and and the folks that you're making them for and i just remember saying like when I get a tiny house, they are going to make my tiny house. They're going to build it. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> so, yes, I feel like your friend, too. That's so beautiful. Cool. So fun. Yeah. You guys are so cute. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it just shows that there is there is that real side of, of social media. And that's the beautiful side that I choose to be a part of. And yeah, I think you thanks. just need to approach anything in life, especially media and the consumption, they're just super intentionally. And it's like, if that, if, if the people you're following are not serving you well, if it's not serving your perspectives, well, it's like you are in, you are in charge of the follow and unfollow button. Yeah. Total control. I tell people that all the time, right? It's like, I, I don't feel follow anyone. And you know, I, I could probably have a lot more followers that I don't follow back, right? I don't right. follow or follow back if it's not authentic. And I, you know, I think it's also if you really want to cultivate these relationships, like, you know, we're friends now, right? You too, Kev. You're, we're, Thank you're, you. You're, Thank you're, you. Part, you're part of this. You're part of this. Um, you, <laughs> I think if you really want to cultivate those relationships, like, I can't cultivate 10,000 relationships. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I can cultivate a good few hundred, right? Like just on the social media um, mm -hmm. side of, of things. So yeah, I'm all about, you know, being being super authentic and intentional when it comes to everything in my life, including social media. So really glad I found you all and your beautiful family. I love your stories. A lot of fun. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I just wrapped up listening to your book and oh, I, I found it fascinating and you brought such you brought such a beautiful perspective to minimalism and a perspective that i have found absolutely refreshing so for kevin and i um our journey to even our tiny home company is so new like we started yeah. our company in january of 2020 and what yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I thought you guys have been around forever. Yeah. Wow. That, well, oh, we have been around forever, around. but our company, of course. Is, uh... Yeah. The tiny <laughs> home that you saw, Christine, was our first tiny house. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So we're, we're jumping in and diving in and, and really getting to know so many people within the tiny home minimalism community. Yeah. And number one, found the best people around like the most, mm -hmm. best yeah these the most encouraging affirming supportive like 
Yeah. There, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. And it's so funny because I know that mainstream minimalism sort of, you know, it, it looks very whitewashed, right? Literally yes. and figuratively, yeah. right? And I tell people all the time, like the tiny home minimalist community is like one of the most inclusive communities. I've, I mean, I've met people from all walks of life, from every race, every nationality, every type of, type of family dynamic, right? But for some reason we are just presented or we have in our minds this idea that, you know, minimalism is just for white folks and it's not. And so it's been really wonderful, you know, writing this book and seeing people from all walks of life really have an opportunity to embrace and look at minimalism in a different way, right? Looking beyond the aesthetics of it and like more as a practice, you know? Mm -hmm. Can I, I want to ask you to do something for me because I didn't get a chance to listen to your book. And I honestly, I really want to understand where you're coming from. And, and yeah. I, I want to understand it, I guess, like I said to you before we start, I feel like I'm going to say something that's totally ignorant and like kind of dumb. And I'm okay with that, actually, right? You I'm totally okay with be. that. You will not be. I promise you, you can <laughs> well, say whatever you want. So do this for me. Can you yeah. give me a very brief definition of maybe mainstream minimalism mm -hmm. and then maybe just a few just talking points on like what, how you feel you approach minimalism maybe differently than that. Cause then yeah. I feel like that to me, I can now be like, okay, now let's talk, yeah. <laughs> you know? For sure. Um, and and I, I should also say like, let's not be afraid to talk about race and these things like these sure, are not yeah. dirty words. No, and you don't no, no. have to, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, I also serve as the managing director of the anti-racist research and policy at American University, so there isn't anything that I have not been asked <laughs> or had to address, okay? Fair so, enough, thank you. <laughs> so mainstream minimalism is really the minimalism that we see on television, what we see on Pinterest, right? It, it It's these perfectly curated squares or images that are just, you know, very monochrome, very barren, you know, if there is a chair in the room, it's a $10,000 chair, right? So it's out of touch and out of reach for a lot of people. Um, but as you all know, that is not the reality that most minimalists or people who live with less, that's really not the lives that they live. And so what I, my approach is Afro-minimalism, which is for me, a minimalist life influenced by the African diaspora, but for someone else, it is really just learning how to live with less your way. So what I try to do is give permission, people permission to figure out what minimalism should look like for them. Really understanding the psychology of ownership, right? I've had so many people say, oh my goodness, like I picked up your book and I thought I was going to be able to start decluttering right, right away. And they were like, I never thought about the why behind why I have things, right? Or thought about like, why am I attached to certain things? So that's the first part for me, because I feel like what we see, you know, in mainstream minimalism, especially on television, right? Is this, you go in, you declutter, no one ever talks about how long it really takes, right? So there's this perception that it has to happen on a weekend. Impossible, <laughs> do not do that to yourself, folks, right? So there's this perception that it has to happen in a weekend. No one ever talks about forgiveness, which I feel like is a really big part of this mm. process, especially depending how long you've been an over consumer. <laughs> right. So and, and do what you mean areas... forgiveness 
Do you mean forgiveness forgiving like your, yourself yes. for being an overconsumer? Okay. Yeah, forgiving yourself, but also forgiving others, right? Because what happens when we start to do this inner work is we start to realize and start to pinpoint, like, I remember my mom taking me shopping all the time, <laughs> right? Or I remember my grandmother saying, live for tomorrow, spend all your money, because tomorrow isn't promised, right? And so you start to mm. sort of realize how you establish some of these habits and behaviors. And so I think forgiveness and, you know, forgiving yourself for what you've spent, right? You, you know, folks say like, oh my goodness, like I wasted so much. Mm. No, you spent so much money. You made some choices and decisions that you now no longer, you know, have to make right like you can make some different choices so language is really important there and then when it comes to the letting go piece we never see what happens to the stuff <laughs> which is a big piece for me right and so i'm like let's really also talk about ways to pay it forward with those things that no longer serve us beyond thrift stores and definitely beyond landfills, right? Um, or mm -hmm, throwing things mm -hmm. in the trash. And so I think it gives people just a more holistic approach to the practice as opposed to like, here's how you declutter and fold, right? Like, in a, a, trust me, Marie Kondo, the minimalist, like all these folks, you know, they, they're like, they're gateways to this practice, right? Sure. For yeah. so many of us. And, but it, it, it's also like, taking the bits and pieces that work for you, right? So I KonMari my closet literally every season, but the one part of her work that I just does not work for me is I don't, I am not a folder. I don't fold mm -hmm. anything. Um, one thing that I discovered about myself is that if I have dressers and drawers or baskets and bins, anything with the lid, anything that I can have it out of sight, that is not a good solution for me. So uh -huh. I, I don't have a dresser, right? And so that part of her work doesn't work for me, but there are other parts that speak to me and are helpful to me, right? And so like really getting people to have a holistic approach to a, a, a practice and a way to, to, to live with less in a way that works for them. I hope that answers your question, Kevin. <laughs> it, it does. And actually, I can tell you, I, I love the way you're talking right now because Heather gives me trouble all the time because like it's like I feel like we live on these like multiple planes and it's like well here's what's happening yeah. and it's like yeah. really on the nose and I find that boring I kind of yeah. want to be like okay well that's that's one level but there's like a deeper level and that yeah. that level is fun to me it's maybe less known and there's more room for nuance and more room for uh yeah just depth I suppose I, I like to live yeah. there a lot and so I love <laughs> to hear that when it's like well it's not just about organization or whatever it's about a way yeah. of seeing the world right so and, yeah and i tell people all the time like it's it's also so much more than your things right and i'm sure it's oh, the yeah. same with the tiny house right like you're not just getting a tiny house because you just want a tiny house right there's something that you're searching for and looking for and longing for that has drawn you to that right so like get to the root causes of that because otherwise when you make decisions based on pictures based on someone else's ideals it ends up usually sucking pretty bad, which is what happened to me, <laughs> right? I did yeah. the whole, like, I am going to have the perfect Pinterest minimalist house, right? And it, everything was white and barren, and it was just, right. and I was like, this is so miserable. I hate it. And I was like, wait, who told me, what are all these unofficial rules of minimalism that people 
right. are following, oh, you know? You and I will get along quite well. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that comes to like our approach to, to tiny home design. It's like, we don't want to create the same thing over and over and over yeah. again. We want, we never want to hand the keys over to somebody to a home that is not perfectly suited to them. It's like, it's their keys when we give it to yeah. them. It's been their keys yeah. for the months that we've been building it. And before yeah. we ever, you know, pounded a single nail, they already knew yeah. it was their home because it's- And there's, there's something so powerful in that though, right? Like, I think when you understand the benefits of minimalism, when you understand the benefits of tiny, tiny home living, right? Like you want people to fully experience those benefits. And, and unless it is a practice or a home that is curated to a lifestyle that works for them, it's not going to yes. work. And they're going to be like, I hate minimalism. I hate my right. tiny house. Well, yeah, because it's married after somebody else's ideals and vision, right? Like what is going to work for you? Well, and I think it has to be taken one step further in the, in the, whether it be the design or the decision-making process, like what's the goal here? Is the goal to get a minimalist tiny goal? home or is that a way to achieve your goals, right? Exactly. So we can't end at the home. We start at the home in a sense, yep. and we end with what is your life? What do you want your life yeah. to be? And that's where we end. And that's yeah. how, I feel like if you end at the home, it isn't gonna work. It's it just never not works. Work, it's, right? it, it's, the, it's the same with minimalism, right? I tell people, they're like, I just wanna have a tidy house. I wanna have a tidy closet. I'm like, it is so much more, right? Yeah. Like this is just one, particular aspect and benefit that you're going to experience. But if you're going into this, like just seeking to tidy up your home, you are going to be very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, there, there's some work that has to be done with all of this, right? And so many people, I feel like they want that outer work. They want the tidy home. They want the organized closet. They want, you know, the perfect tiny house. But it's like they don't want to do the inner work to get to what that is, right? To like, what life are you trying to actually build with this tiny right. house? Mm -hmm. What are right. you trying to achieve with living with less? Like, what are your other goals besides just mm -hmm. these tidy things? You know, Heather, right. I think you're gonna say something, sorry. Yeah, well, I just, I love that, no, like, I love that your book is called A Guide because as I listened to it, it was truly that. Like, you gently you. take us through with such gentleness and compassion mm -hmm this idea of guiding you towards what is the life that you want to live? What are you trying to do here, people? Like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really yeah. that simple. Yeah. I'm so happy that you said it was gentle because I have had some people, I, and I think these are the folks who are like, they picked up the book thinking they were about to declutter and they're like, I was not ready for that uh, <laughs> subtle dragging that happened there. Like, you know, you really, really uh, stepped on my toes here. Um, mm -hmm. So sometimes my, my voice is gentle and the delivery is gentle, but sometimes it's hard for people to receive that message. But I have had, everyone has said they're so grateful because it is something that we just don't talk about or even think about in our own personal lives, you know? Totally. Well, you consistently ask us to turn in and turn into the why and, and in life in general, that's what we're, where we need to go, whether or yeah. not you're going towards minimalism 
or where, wherever you're going. It's, it's knowing why are you doing what you do? Why did I, why did I buy what I bought? <laughs> why did I choose to spend my time this weekend or my perspective on my time yeah. and that sort of thing? Cause Kevin and I will, you know, you, you see us, we have four kids. We live a full life. I always like, sometimes <laughs> we think I, we're like maximalists. I said, I'm like a maximalist, but I think in a way that maybe uh, you might appreciate it's, it. It's not a contrary term to the minimalism that you're speaking of though, right? <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it for us is, is choosing the life that we want to live and, and choosing to fill our life with our kids and family yeah. and outdoors and experience and, experience. and community and you guys focus so much on experiences and i think it's yeah. just so wonderful for our children right um you know and it, <laughs> it's so funny to think about um the you know me calling myself the afro minimalist or even uh the word minimalist which i think evokes so much you know like lack and scarcity for people right mm -hmm. and i always say like had I known then when I started my journey, what I know now, I probably would have called myself like the Afro intentionalist, which is even ah. more of a mouthful than the right, Afro. Yeah. I love that. But I, I feel like that's really what this is about, right? And I, I tell people all the time, for me, it started with minimalism and like wanting to live with less and tame my closet and do all these things. And what I found, Heather, was exactly what you were just talking about, which is minimalism for me has been a intention. That's really what it is, right? Like being intentional with, with what I buy, being intentional about what I accept into my home, being intentional about my time and relationship building, right? Like there's no way that you can just be intentional with your home decor or your wardrobe and like not have the feelings of intentionality trickle into every area of your life, you know? Yeah. Right. And I love that you do it with also a clear intentionality of your culture and your heritage. And that has just brought a lot of joy to my life watching. And I see it through what you have chosen in your home because I am drawn to the color. I'm drawn yeah. to the vibrancy. I'm drawn to um, the artifacts that you choose mm -hmm. to keep. And I, I yeah. even like the planters that you posted a couple weeks ago oh, with your thank plants. You. Aren't like, they they're gorgeous? So beautiful. They're gorgeous. <laughs> and, and I love them because you celebrate who you are and yeah. who has gone before you. And I think there's the celebration of family and lineage is, yeah. is such it's an intentional powerful. thing. And, it, and it's something that shouldn't be weaved out of our homes and our wardrobes and all of those things, right? And what's so interesting is, of course, I speak to, you know, Black folks, people of mm -hmm. the African diaspora. So many people from other walks of life say to me, like, I never thought about ways that I could incorporate my Jewish ancestry, right? Mm -hmm. I never thought about ways that I could incorporate, you know, what my, my great grandmother left me from Cuba, right? Like all of these yeah. things that are so they're such important parts of our lives and our identity and who we are, right? And then we look at, you know, again, this mainstream minimalism aesthetic and it's like, but it doesn't really fit there, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what happened to me, which is why I thought mm -hmm. I had to invent my own type of minimalism, right? I'm like, I have to call it Afro-minimalism because this minimalism does not work yeah. for, for my life, right? Well, and I feel like as, as people who are, especially people who are living with intention and, and 
I guess, paying attention and driving themselves forwards to a certain way of being. I feel like we kind of build our own cultures, like our own individual yeah. little cultures, right? And so, For like, sure. it's funny because we've just been discussing this recently because we have um, we have parties like every weekend with this with our friends and all the I kids come over and we put all the kids yeah. to bed and we we make great food and uh, and just we just we hang out and we drink and tell and... stories and laugh and we're realizing it just struck me like maybe a few weeks ago it's like this is what our kids know like yeah. this is what they they know that you know most Fridays or Saturdays mm-hmm. everybody's gonna come over we're all gonna play yeah. the parents are gonna ignore us for a little bit and we're gonna do whatever yeah. we want and then they're gonna struggle to get us to bed and then we're gonna get taken home in the middle of the night woken up and driven home and like, that's <laughs> like this is the this is the culture that we've built this is like our whatever our yeah. Fritz umbrella with yeah. all our little inside yeah. And that's a, it's, I mean, we just, it struck us. It's like, oh, this isn't just something we've done a few times. This is who we are yeah. and what we do. And, and they'll it, never forget it. They'll never yeah. forget it. Like what we call that in my community, call it the village, right? And so what you right. all, you have established a village. And, you know, I think, especially in terms of like parenting, having a village is essential, right? And yeah. so, from everything, I mean, my village, I, there's no way that my daughter would be as well-rounded and successful as she is today without my village, right? Like, yes, there are individual aspects of parenting that are, you know, that the bulk of that will be ours. But I think we underestimate the power um, and necessity of community. Um, and my daughter and her friends, the village raised them. They all went, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all on their way, uh, all, you know, either in college or uh, on their way to college. And I just remember like hearing you talk about the sleepovers. Like I remember our home uh, being home base, right? Um, yeah. And it was just, it was so fun and the stories and the pictures, right? And it's just, it's a really beautiful, beautiful thing for our children to have. And it, it also helps, you know, during those tough parenting times, right? Heather, you know, I talk a lot about motherhood <laughs> on, on my on my platform. And it's because I think when you're in the midst, uh, when your children are younger, right, you say certain things and people are like, oh, how could you say that? Even though they're probably all thinking it, right? Like I'm exhausted, <laughs> I'm tired this is not what I signed up for, right? Like all of those things, but there is a certain um, sort of deference that is given when you have, you know, been through the gamut and and raised your kids and they came out successful, right? Like parents wanna hear, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? What'd you do, right? And I feel like it's so important for us to talk about like what parenting really entails, the the hard times, you know, and it's, it's, it's been interesting for me to reflect on. Um, mm-hmm. And I love just seeing, you know, families like yours, like really building that community, making those memories, right? Because I can assure you, it felt like my daughter was two years old yesterday. Like <laughs> part of my, like the first few weeks after dropping her off from school, like literally I had to just cancel everything. And I had just sat there and I was like, how have, how have 18 years passed? How? Yeah. How have 18 years passed, right? And so you guys are doing the right thing. Just know that. Um, well, thank and, you. It, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. And especially jumping in to starting a business with, yeah. um, well, we started the business and then the pandemic hit. Oh. And then on top of that, then um, school got 
canceled. Canceled. Uh, We're homeschooling. Here I have in my home, relating mom to mom here. (laughs) Now my husband. Excuse us, Kevin. Excuse me. I'll wait. Yeah. I now have my husband working in our bedroom because we've carved out the home office up in our bedroom. I am now, um, you know, and trying to figure out how to navigate this and and be a support there. And I'm running, I'm developing, helping to develop the company. I'm stepping into my businesswoman's shoes. And then my kids are home and I'm I'm homeschooling them. And it's also new in the midst of the uncertainty of like, wow, this this is unprecedented times. Sir, real. It was there was there was times, and I'll be honest, I I, I was yelling and I'm like, why, whoa, why am I yelling? And I'm in the bathroom crying and I closed the door and I texted to Kev upstairs and I'm like, I know you probably have your ear pods in and you can't hear that I am drowning down here and I'm done. And it's just really, really, really hard. But during those seasons, I just learned so much about how we can start and restart as moms and dads and parents that it's like we can we can fail in front of them and we can open the bathroom door and come on out and say, Hey, this is really a lot. This is a lot. And this this is is how I feel. And I'm sorry. That wasn't my best self. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. And, and they're so forgiving. That's the first thing. Um, They're just, they're so forgiving. And I think it's so important to be honest, right? I I think, Mm -hmm. you know, as parents, we want to, have our children in a bubble, right? Like we want them to be in that weekend in in your house, in, you know, having the yeah. sleepover and having fun like all the time, right? But we have also raising humans who we hope will become, right? Productive, yeah. healthy, successful global citizens, right? And yeah. so, you know, one of the things I'll share this with you all just to, um, sort of drive this point home is I did not grow up seeing conflict resolution. Hmm. Oh. None. <laughs> hmm. It was like, no one is supposed to argue. No one is supposed to cry. No. Right. And so when I had to confront those things as adults, I mean, it would be, you know, I'd be dating. And the first time me and my boyfriend have an argument, I'm like, oh, clearly this is just not going to work out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right? And they would be yeah. like, what are you talking about? And I would be like, yeah. no, I don't argue. I don't do this. Right. And so like, you have to remember, like, we want to show our children the reality of a full life. Right. And I think they learn so much, as you said, Heather, by seeing us try and fail. They learn so much by us being honest. Right. They learn so much by the way we live our lives. Right. I mean, even in the short window Um, You know, I started my minimalist journey five years ago, and just in those five years, the transformation it made in my daughter, unbelievable. Mm. You, I mean, I literally, we were, you know, when I dropped her off and we're getting her settled, me and her dad were like, do you need anything? (laughs) And she's like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. We're like, pens, paper, oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) right? Like, she's so, like, Uh, but I have two pens that I'm like, I think you might need more in college. You know what I mean? But they're so, they become so conditioned to the lives that we show them. And what, what I, what I showed her was like, you don't need a lot of things to be happy. Right. You just, it's not about the things. And even our space. I mean, we went from a very 
large home that was on you know, acreage that was actually zoned rural. <laughs> That's how, you know, how much space we had to being in a 630 square foot condo in the city, right? And I remember thinking like, what have I done, right? Mm. And now here we are and I'm like, did we really need 630 square feet? Like this is a lot of space, right? <laughs> So not only you did know? you journey that yourself, but you also journeyed that with your daughter. And I think with that's incredibly beautiful because it's through those times when we go, when we do stuff together as a family that so many of those life lessons can get taught. Well, I love that you kept saying the word show, 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 and show, not tell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of teaching that, that can be told, but there's no more effective teaching than saying, no, no, I'm doing this. I'm going to show you yeah. that mm -hmm. this countercultural yeah you know, narrative is okay, that it's like, yeah. we don't need the latest, greatest, best, most, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and, and that's your, believable because you proved it. Yeah, you know, it's believable because you proved it, as you said, right? Like, seeing your parents cry, and then the next morning, they're fine, lets you know, it's okay to cry, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing your parents argue, and the mm -hmm. next morning, seeing them hug, lets you know that like, yeah. okay, there can be that can be resolution. It doesn't mean they don't love each other. It doesn't mean, right? Like yeah. right. the more that we can show those things, like that is what really builds, you know, healthy dynamics in, in 18 years that will pass very, very quick. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that creating that little bubble, that safe space for your children where they don't have to deal with any of this and just give them this, uh, this beautiful little childhood that doesn't have any of those hardships in it. I think that it's, that's raising maybe great children, Mm -hmm. But I always say it's, we're not raising children. They're children for yeah. 18 short years. We're raising grownups. And yeah. it's like, what's going to happen when, when we're not protecting them and when we're not uh, buffering uh, and hiding that from yeah. them? It's like, because the world's yeah. not going to protect them from anything. They're and, not. Uh, They're not. I really encourage yeah. parents to, like, let that air out of the bubble just yeah. as slowly as is comfortable for you, right? And, 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 and oftentimes, like, we don't have the luxury that our parents had. Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to certain, I mean, like, this is going to be so embarrassing, but <laughs> I thought the stork, you know, brought babies for a really long time. Like, what do you mean? I it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, I'm confused. And, you know, yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble there, y'all. Um, but, you know, and, and I remember, you know, my daughter asking me that question. And then, like, my inclination was to tell what was told to me. And then I was like, but now there's Google. Right. So, you know, there's certain things now that we don't have the liberty of not being honest about, right? So I'm always like age-appropriate conversations mm -hmm. that can be built yeah. upon over time, right? Age-appropriate conversations, honest conversations that can be built upon over time, right? And that is how you build trust because I'm telling you, and I know this is not like a parenting podcast, folks, but- It's whatever we yeah. want it to be. <laughs> I think it's headed a beautiful it's, direction. Yeah. Yes, we're off the fritz here, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> we'll talk about whatever we want. Nobody's telling us what to do. <laughs> but you know, like the, these things are, it, it's so important because, you know, once that trust is broken, it's really hard to get back, right? So if I start lying to you at five about where babies come from, I don't need to tell you exactly where babies come from, right? But I, I, can, I don't have to tell you the stork. Right. <laughs> yeah. not yeah. tell you the truth, right? And so you go to school and you're like, oh, the stork brings babies. And your friend is like, what? 
no, they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and you're like Googling and like the trust is broken. Right. And you, you just, it's so important that I, I cannot stress to you enough, especially as your kids get older, how important that trust is. Well, bookended by birth and death, there's a lot of potentially uncomfortable conversations when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. And honestly, we've been super grateful for animals in our life mm -hmm. yeah. um, because it has been such an incredible tool for those conversations. And so. we're, yeah. we're dealing with some fam, some health issues in our family right now, which is going to lead to death. And mm. it's like, how do we deal with this? We like yeah. talked about it. Like, how do we deal with this? It's like, we tell them. Yeah. We tell them that this is how the world works. And yeah. it's like, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to watch, you're going to watch your grandparents die. And if it goes according to plan, you're going to watch us die. Yeah. And if something goes yeah. poorly, that's the only way that won't happen. Yeah. Um, and so for, for kids to come to grips with that before they're slapped with it, because yeah. um, they will be slapped with it, right? It's so, inevitable. And that's what I, you know, Kevin, that's, that's the exact thing, right? It's like trying to shield someone from the inevitable, like even saying that aloud, it doesn't, makes sense why am it's i selfish. trying to it's so selfish and yeah. you know this conversation you know it comes up in so many different aspects right like we're talking about death it comes up with in, in conversations about racism right i have parents sure. they're like what do i say how do mm. i say it what you know and it's like yeah but what if i say this and then they ask me this and i don't have the answer and i'm like then say you don't have the answer, right? Yeah. But it's that, <laughs> it's that it's that selfishness that's like, I don't want to be confronted with something that I'm uncomfortable talking about or that I'm not ready to talk about, yeah. right? And it just does a huge disservice, right? And again, it's okay to tell your kids, I don't know, yeah. this is tough. I never yeah. had to deal with this growing up, right? It's okay mm -hmm. to be honest. Your job responsibility role as a parent is way more important than that discomfort, I suppose. Way right? more, yeah. way more. How have they been? Have they been helpful with you all with like the business? Do they want to like get hands on? How has that been? It has been from here to here. Yeah. If I haven't left the screen, <laughs> yeah. there's honestly, we, we, there's, there's a bit of the honest truth is, especially with our second boy, who is very thoughtful. There's been like almost a bit of animosity at times because ah. he, he's watching me work for the first time because mm. I've always gone away to work and I disappear gotcha. and then I come home. Now he's watching me work. And so I'm there in the same space as him, but mm. I'm not paying attention to him. I'm working. Yeah. And so honestly, there's been at times like he, he, he's, he's told me and he's been honest about it, which has yeah. been really cool because he's eight yeah. awesome. and he's been honest with Heather about it too. And he's like, why do you guys do this all the time? I wish you'd mm -hmm. spend more time with me. And it's, that's hard. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, the iPad, um, mommy, like, mommy, I hate your phone. Mom, I just, get, <laughs> mom, just get off your phone. Yeah. And I just had yeah. to be like, bud, like, I need to let you know, like, this is, I told you, like, this is the time that mommy's working right now. And mommy's yeah. work is on my phone. Can I show you? This is what Instagram yeah. looks like. This yeah. is what mommy's doing. See yeah. all these mommy's talking to those people. And this lady yeah. here, she has questions about the tiny house. And I think sometimes when we are able to frame it in that way, it, it just mm -hmm. trying, I'm trying to help them to understand the greater picture of what we're doing. And yeah. right now where the reasons we chose to do this business is for them it's, and for the, well, it's, it's not, it's, it's for, not both for, it's it's, for both of us. It's for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. And we want them yeah. to understand both of those things in all honesty. We want them to understand it's yeah. like, no, no, we're doing, mom and dad are doing this because it makes us happy and it makes us yeah. fulfilled. That's Listen, important man. for you to know and be okay with. We're Listen, also doing yeah. this 
Oh, sorry. I, you're yeah. like hitting, you're just, I'm sorry for <laughs> interrupting, but you were just like hitting uh, it's okay. the button. Because it's okay. if the younger our children learn that the world does not revolve around them, yeah. the better, right? Like, yeah. right. I went through this. So before I became an author and my, I mean, Heather, you got a chance to listen to this in the book, but yes. Heather, what you don't know is that um, before I began my minimalist journey, I was a lawyer, right? And mm -hmm. and working um, in a very big city in very large firms with very demanding hours. Um, and I just, it was awful, right? Like mm -hmm. I would, that my daughter would have to come into work with me on the weekends, mm. right? And she would be a toddler. And I remember those little portable DVD players. I'd like set her up in my office with the little portable. And I'm like looking outside the window. The sun is, you know, shining. Yeah. Of course, oh, that is the exact yeah. moment in time when every parent and their kid starts <laughs> playing outside, right? And so it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. My daughter's been out there. And you know what is so wild? Like what I didn't realize I was teaching her at the time was like work ethic, right? Yeah. Like if I have to really, this is my job and this is what I've chosen to do, right? Now what she got to see when she was older is this no longer works for me and this is what I no longer want to do. And here is how you pivot success mm -hmm. right. successfully, right? So like there's yeah. all these things that you, you don't even know that you're showing your children, Kevin and Heather, like you don't even realize that you're showing them that. And I think it's so important for them to understand the world does not revolve around them and their Absolutely. needs, right? Like you can say, I mean, they have the weekend with you all with this major slumber party, right? Like, you, can <laughs> set a, you know, you can, you can set aside an hour a day, right? Oh, and yeah. I used yeah. to, I used to build in all sorts of little buffers for myself because work is, it, it can be challenging, right? And I remember, I used to have this thing where I went out when we would come in and I mean, this is like, I can't express to you how exhausting big law is and billing your time and six, <sighs> it was just oh, so much, right? And I would have to come home and I just needed a moment, right? And I'd put this little scarf on my door and Nala knew whenever that scarf was on mommy's door, like, don't ask me anything. Don't come looking for me. Don't write. I, I just had like yeah. this whole laundry list. And one day one of my friends came over and it was the way that I called Nala's name. And it must've been the same way that I called her name after those long days. And she said, and she's like four, I know, I know. Don't come looking for you. Don't ask you for anything. And I was just like, ah, oh no. Right? But, um, what's so has no memory of sitting under my desk. She has no memories oh, of that funny. scarf on the door. All she but she has lessons learned from it though. So many lessons, yeah. right? And if I like bring it up to her, I'll be like, you don't remember? She'll be like, oh yeah, right? But it's not at the forefront of her mind. No. What she remembers is how much fun we had together, right? Like mm -hmm. even she was like, I just remember going to work with you on the weekends and after we would get ice cream. Like they yeah. don't, yeah. so much of what we're taking in and what we think they're holding on to, those are our own insecurities or our own sort of like, you know, we feel bad. Mom, I don't know about dad guilt, but mom guilt is a real It's thing, a real thing. Right? I've heard all about it, yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing, right? And, and yeah. but at the end of the day, like the gift and legacy that you're leaving them, you know, showing them what it means to live out your, your dreams and to, 
you know, build homes for like, there's so many lessons that are being taught there. So if I can just offer any encouragement, especially Heather, because I know the mom guilt, Kevin, I can't speak to the, to the dad <laughs> guilt, you know, is, is to just not be so hard right. on yourself. I'm trying to have so much grace on myself in the season and just know that like, hey, we've chosen this new path of life because mm -hmm. we want to live from the heart. Yeah. And, and I told them like, mommy and daddy didn't like our jobs that much. Yeah. They were draining. And yeah. now we're stepping into this thing that it's, we love our jobs, like yeah. aspects of our jobs. What it is, is that in life, you can hold in the same hands, something that's mm -hmm. incredibly beautiful, so full, of life mm -hmm. and intention and amazingness. And at the same time, it's hard and requires an incredible yeah. amount of work and focus. And it doesn't always go easy and you fall and you fail and you get up and you go again. And all yeah. of that's true. So sometimes it's hard to speak to, to like, you know, like I want to make sure it's all of that is all wrapped up into which one. is why but that's then, where showing that's where yeah. showing comes in. Like yeah. some things can't be said, you know what I mean? Yes. Like something. Yes shown right yeah. and so you can say things that reinforce that but again if you're not living that and showing that you know it's like you know the kids who you know they're like what do you mean you're not racist you are right and the parents are like no i'm not and they're like but what you know it's like what are you yeah. living and right. showing your children yeah. that is what especially the older they get that is what they are adhering to not what they're mm -hmm. told what they're shown Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that uh, expansion on that point. I, I know. Just, I know. Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> but I do want to finish that because we are doing this in a lot of ways for them as well, because yeah. our big goal is to build this lifestyle that mm -hmm. that we can do the things with them that we want to do. Like we have four kids. Yeah. It is not easy to do this with four kids. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. we had a dream before we had a single kid. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. had a dream of what we wanted to be as as people, mm -hmm. as a couple, as like as individuals, mm -hmm. as a couple, and yeah. as parents, and as a family. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. we have this dream of this of this lifestyle we want to build for our children as well. And it's mm -hmm. like you don't get that overnight. It's not no. given yeah. to you. It's earned, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so this it'll is. Be... Sorry, I was going to say it'll go, be interesting go. to see. It'll be interesting to see your eight year old you know, how he looks at this in, in three years, in five yeah. years, right? Like, because yeah. that's the other thing we're like, we get so siloed in the moment. And just as we change, our kids change, our perspectives on things change, right? And, and Heather, you know this, because I say this in the book, I have this saying, Kevin, that I am not a grown woman. I am a growing Perfect. And may I yeah. always be growing and never fully grown, right? Because Perfect. what happens is yeah. when we're like, oh, I'm grown, there's like, there leaves no room. <laughs> there's yeah. no room for growth. There's no room for making, you know, the, the wrong choice and, and, and making a different choice. There's like no room, right? And like, who wants to go through life fully grown, right? Like, yeah. I to always be growing and, and you know part of that is our kids are doing that as well right so i have to check in with you guys you may have a a budding carpenter yeah. on your hands that you don't even know yeah yeah <laughs> so the other side they do love to help and they they do yeah. love and you know in the, in the bigger end of it it's it's awesome watching our oldest boy kin just because he's the oldest now and he's mm -hmm. started playing football 
and I've watched him as a football player. And so I tell him and I tell him what he should do out there. But I realize all these things I didn't tell him that he's just doing. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like because he's treating football the same way he's watched us treat life. Exactly. And he's like working hard. He's the first one to the line. He's, you know, he gets up when it hurts, you know, and I'm like, watch this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't tell him any of that. Yeah. But we showed him that. Um, he's learned that through whatever, supper time and getting ready for school. <laughs> and he's learned all that, right? So, yeah, and just watching. It's exciting. They're just watching. They're just watching. Yeah, yeah um, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to follow up because I'm like, I want to see how the, <laughs> how the rest of these guys end up, you know, managing yes. what I think is just a beautiful business and practice that you all have, like not just the way that you live your lives, but the way that you commit to making the perfect home for anyone who comes to you. And I mean, the rain showers, the soaking tub, mm -hmm. I have sat there and I've been like, I cannot wait. And then this home <laughs> with the velvet green sofa, I was ah, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful, right? And I, I think it speaks to, you know, the work that you all are doing and understanding how I can truly, truly transform lives, which is really, is really powerful. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> um, well, oh, thank you so much for this time. You're like so this welcome. Is just such a natural, this just feels like a natural. <laughs> I love how these conversations can just lead to where they lead. And yeah. this is so oh, beautiful. No. I feel like we could have another podcast with you a discussion because there's more that we could dig in oh, more into minimum yeah. and all the rest. But this was exactly what it was meant to be. And it was yeah. so beautiful. Um, this was so wonderful. Can, yeah. Can I ask you a question to wrap sure. up our conversation? Um, sure. What is, this can be as light or as deep as you want it to be. What is bringing okay. you joy these days? This is going to sound so terrible, especially after all the parenting <laughs> advice I just gave on this episode that was supposed to be about living with less, but I guess this can like tie it all back in. I, what is bringing me joy this day, these days is being an empty nester. Oh. It is. It is so magical. Right. Um, and, and part of it is, you know, not what we, what we've been led to believe, right. Which is that, you know, it's going to be just this tragic experience and you're not going to know what to do with yourself. Right. And like all of these stories that we've been told, what it has been, what's joyous about it for me is reconnecting with the woman I was before mm -hmm. I was a mother. Right. And figuring out which aspects of that I want to keep taking these lessons of resiliency, like what you're learning right now, what every parent is learning right now during the pandemic and having to juggle work and, you know, homeschooling and all of these things, right? Like all of these things are teaching us resiliency and fortitude, right? And like, so there are all those little lessons that I've learned through parenting and, and thinking like, there's no way I'm going to survive. I remember thinking there's no way I'm going to survive the terrible, like there's no way. And then you look up <laughs> and you survived, right? And you're like, I can survive anything, right? And so, you know, I, I think for me, having this time and space right now to just really sit with myself and my feelings to know that all the sacrifices and decisions that I made as a mother, you know, seeing my daughter happy and healthy and whole um, in college, it's just a very, very joyous time. And what has been so interesting is when I share those messages online, 
how many other women are like, oh my goodness, I thought it was going to be terrible, right? And I was like, Mm. me too. I thought I was going to cry when I dropped her off at college. And I remember thinking, is something wrong with me? Like, this is so sadistic. Why am I not (laughs) crying? Because I had been (laughs) led and conditioned that I was supposed to cry, but her joy was so contagious. I, it was impossible. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't matter how sad I was and that I was going to miss her. It was impossible. Um, and so that's, what's bringing me joy these days is just like really reconnecting with myself, you know, uh, whatever moment feels come to let them come. Um, it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time. Hmm. That's awesome. That's so wonderful. It's cool. It's <laughs> yeah. exciting to just to embrace the seasons of life, I think, you know, and to yeah. go through those each, each, and to know life is in seasons. And I think when we, yeah. when we anticipate life to be that and give ourselves the freedom to change and to continue to become in each of mm. those seasons is, is incredibly beautiful. And as you now head into this next phase of of your next season just Mm -hmm. the the beauty that that's going to bring as you know yourself more and continue to live so intentionally as as you do like you're just so thoughtful in how you how you spend your time and where you put your energy and effort and i think that's a huge a huge thing that i've learned from you in the short time that thank you that we've learned is just that you're someone that is very very thoughtful in that way and thank you Thank you. Yeah. You know, the term empty nest is very interesting and it's something that, um, psychologists no longer really use. It's actually an outdated term, but we have held on to it. Um, and one of the things that I did, um, which, you know, there is a moment when you come back from dropping your kids off at school or wherever they end up going, where you are just like, what do I do now? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have so much free time. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, um, like looking up, like, where did this like empty nest term come from? And what are like the nesting cycles of birds? This is like, so nerd stuff. This is what you do. This is what you're going to do. Y'all. <laughs> and so, I, um, so I'm looking up and like, I discover that what birds do is what so many humans do, right? Which is, you know, they, they make, uh, you know, they find a mate they make a nest they raise their family in the nest. But do you know what happens that we have not been told? The kids leave the nest and then so do the birds. Mm. The parents, the parents leave the nest as well, right? And so I'm like, this is almost this natural, you know, this idea, you know, you hear people like, yeah, our kids went off to school and then we sold our house and we did this. And I'm like, we are literally like living a lot of the full life cycles of birds, right? right? And so it just right. made me look at empty nesting a little differently and made me say like, this is why I want my tiny house. <laughs> it's time to, it's going to be time to leave this nest soon. Find a new um, nest. Yeah. <laughs> Find a new nest. So I can't yeah. thank you both enough um, for this conversation. And I yeah. just so look forward to, to speaking with you all again soon. And, and hopefully working with you all in the near future too. It's exciting. Be be incredible. Yeah. No, thanks <laughs> very much. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. And thanks me for not too. calling me an idiot when I didn't know what to... Oh, no, no, I would never, I would, I, I appreciate honesty and like communication is so key and asking those hard questions and having those mm-hmm. courageous conversations are it's so important 
um, and also something that I'm very intentional about. So you awesome. weren't you weren't in any harm's way. <laughs> <laughs> Phew, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thanks very much. Thanks. That was fun. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. For more on Christine, you can follow her on Instagram at AfroMinimalist, and you can read her book, The AfroMinimalist Guide to Living with Less. I listened to it and it was awesome. I highly recommend. And if you want to be notified as to when our next podcast um, launches, then obviously subscribe, click the notification bell, and you can always follow along our journey on Instagram. Thanks, guys.